Hi. Hello. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. This, <laughs> we don't know how to start podcasts very well. We're just no. kind of like, mm, hi. I don't know how to start this ever. Mm-hmm, it hasn't no. gotten easier in 38 episodes. I thought you were about to say 38 years, and I was like, oh, man. I've been man. doing this for longer than it I was alive. Like, yeah, I was just like, <laughs> wait a minute. I've been doing this for, like, negative years then. Like, <laughs> okay. podcasting in the womb as you do. But, yeah, no, so. Stretch. <laughs> You're allowed, I guess. You're allowed to stretch this time. This time. Not all the times? No. Okay. No, I've got I've got standards. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, uh, bodily necessities aside, uh, what are you afraid of? Do we have, wait, do we have an email? Blah, blah, blah. We, have, we have an email. email. We do, yay. But we could do our fears first. first. Yeah, let's do that. How Tell do me we usually do this? Like, you know what? We don't know what we're doing okay. ever. It's right. totally fine, though, because <laughs> it's entertaining to hear us stumble like fools. I feel and like you I like should it. know by now, but I don't. Yeah. <laughs> the listeners are just like, ah, this is what I came for. <laughs> yeah. Them being dorks. Completely clueless. <laughs> yeah. Being bad at things. Yeah. I'm afraid because I got into my master's of counseling program. Yeah, that's a good thing, though, isn't it? Except for paying for it. Oh. They insist that I pay for it. They shouldn't do that. That's bullshit. (laughs) I know. It should be free. I think all school, like, all post-secondary should be, honestly. Like, at least for the degree. Because, like, um... At least the bachelor's degree. Yeah, the bachelor's, because that's, like, just having a high school diploma now. Pretty much. That's about how much that's worth in today's, like, economy. So, like... Yeah. That should be free. If you want to do extra whatever, I still think it should be free, because revolution. But, um... Yeah. Like, whatever. The bachelor's should be free. Mine is, like... So, this is the counseling of psych... Like a psychology, basically, master's of psychology kind of degree, but yeah. focused on counseling. Yeah, which is And weird. I just feel like the government should give it to me for free since it's probably their children I'm going to be fixing. <laughs> Honestly, right? it could even be them. Although I feel like or if them they went themselves. to more. Yeah, although I feel like if they went to more counseling, they'd be better people. So they haven't, like, they like obviously haven't been doing it enough. Yeah, they obviously just don't believe in it. Yeah, <laughs> which like, sounds about right. Who goes to counseling? Oh, my now, son. Now, excuse me while I go <laughs> murder this drive my cat. Son. Yeah, exactly. Now, excuse me while it's I go... normal coping strategy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, being, you know, nuking countries that you weren't yeah. sure what the name of them were. That's <laughs> so bad. Oh, my God. Was that the U.S. or at... Oh, uh, well, yeah, Trump. He, like, didn't know the name of the country he'd sent nukes to. Oh. And it was, like, good. um promising a you shouldn't be doing that and to begin with but b oh my god don't like accidentally nuke random like what oh my god like i don't know how low in empathy do you have to be he needs counseling he does yeah um and plus something else i don't know um impeachment is a good start and also maybe the guillotine a good dose of impeachment yeah and (laughs) healthy dose (laughs) a slight bit of guillotine on the side Yeah. yeah just a little bit of guillotine like as a supplementary treatment yeah, I mean, our grandma's French, so, like, I have to, like, sneak the guillotine in there somehow. It's, like, <laughs> it's written in, like, my cultural book of France. Grandma would be so proud. <laughs> she's like, ah, yes. She'd be like, ah, I remember the my guillotine. My grandbabies. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> After like. After my own heart. Oh, uh, the good old days. She had when a pet wolf. When we jumped. Yeah, she did. So our grandma had a pet wolf. And. A bear. A bear. A pet bear. Mm-hmm. I think I mentioned this to you before because you were surprised, but mom was like just telling me about grandma and her uh, pet wolf and her pet bear. Yeah. Like they just, she just made friends with them. She obviously didn't keep them in ca- captivity or anything. They just came up to her and she made friends with them over time and they were hers. Like yeah. they just loved her. Our family. A bear. Strange. Yeah. A bear. I know. Like wolves, I can see. I it's, mean, I don't think it's a good idea, but like, you know, yeah. I can see that but, as like, a dog. It's kind of like a dog, but a bear is not. Um, related to any of the regular no, household not, pets. They're not really domesticated, <laughs> no. like, ever. <laughs> like, that's so fucking weird. What I love are you it, afraid of? I am afraid of, hmm, shit. This always happens to me. I can't believe you put me on the spot like this. Who do you think I, you are? We only do this every week. <laughs> you see it coming. I'm just, like, gonna have to wipe some sweat off my brow from the pressure. It's like I'm diffusing a bomb, and the bomb is, like, me being entertaining on a podcast. Okay. I know. Um, let's see. Hmm. Hmm. 
Dang. Ah, oh, man, what am I afraid of? I'm afraid of uh, water retention oh, yeah. in my face. That's a big one. Yeah, because I retain... Yeah, no, water retention. I know this is like the most entertaining thing you guys have ever heard. Uh, so you're welcome. I don't like it. It makes my face puffy, and that I, I don't look good with a puffy face. I just don't. No. No. There are some people that can pull it off. Our I don't family. have the bone structure. <laughs> I don't have... Yeah, some people can pull off like having more fat or puffiness or just like a bigger face. I can't. My features are too tiny, and they get engulfed. Yeah. And then I just don't have eyes anymore and I hate it. Yeah. So, yeah. I understand. Yeah. So that's my fear. I know that was riveting from from top to bottom, from toe to tip. That's a riveting story. You're welcome. It is. I'm yeah. riveted. So tell us about the email. Okay. <laughs> so. <laughs> Contort yourself properly first. Yeah. This is an email from Aswin. So they said, hey there, as I'm back again to share another scary tale from my childhood. Yay. Before you start reading, I would like to put up a content warning. I mentioned neglect of animals in this setup and animal death near the end. Oh, no. Yeah. I needed that warning. I'm I, still going to listen to this whole thing. But I know. I'm just kind of like, oh, no. So to set up the environment of my memory. My family's property is about a mile and a half in the woods with only a single dirt road leading out. Yikes. During this time, the only neighbors we had were an old couple about nearly 100 feet up the road, family friends who lived at the very end of the road, and our other family friends who lived just across the road from us. Okay. Even though they were across the road, we still call them our next-door neighbors. Yeah. Because it's the woods, of course, there's going to be quite a variety of wild animals lurking at night. Coyotes, Mm. raccoons, foxes, and bobcats are common. And me. I'm there, too. (laughs) (laughs) Are common animals in Texas. However, a zoo not too far from where we lived had closed down a few years before I was born. Oh. And instead of shipping off these exotic animals to other zoos or selling them to sanctuaries, this zoo just released them into the nearby forest. What? What? Who thinks that's a good idea? Hey, we've got a tiger. Let's just... (laughs) Yeah, you can just live in the forest. Uh, So because of that, throughout the years, I've seen bears in our front yard, zebras at a nearby ranch (laughs) eating grass with cows. I once heard a spider monkey was confiscated by animal control from a restaurant dumpster (gasps) because they were trying to eat the trash and got trapped. I've seen a ringtail lemur jump across our dirt road and the panthers decided to take a permanent residence not too far away from the back of our property line. Oh, those panthers are just squatting. They are. They yeah. Are they paying rent? Yeah, I was just about to say, are they burning their screenplays in front of you? Like, <laughs> like saying that they're not going to pay. The encounters with one of the panther- panthers was pretty scary, but pales in comparison to the con- the creature I saw on our dirt road one night. Oh my gosh. It happened when I was about six or seven. I had been playing outside all day, and when evening came, I decided that I wanted to listen to music. So I grabbed my portable disc player, the singular Kids Bop CD I had, and my headphones, and headed for the road. That's what I would do. Me too. I yeah. mean, I still do that. Oh yeah, no. When I'm packing, that's that's pretty much what's in my suitcase. <laughs> Your portable disc player and Kids Bop? Yeah, no. Okay. So I had marched up and down a bit of the road for a while. The moon was already pretty high up, and it was very dark when the batteries of my disc player ran out. Oh, no. I had stopped a few feet away from our next-door neighbor's driveway to take out the batteries and stopped when I heard a sound a distance away from me. (sighs) Oh, no. I looked up from my device, and in the middle of the road was a long-legged bony creature. What? The clouds shifted away, and I could make out more details in the moonlight. It was hairless, and its skin looked almost like leather. What? Its front legs were longer than its back legs, which made it look haunched over. And from what I remember, it had no tail. The most haunting part of this creature's appearance was its face. It had a very long canine-like snout. It had no ears, and its eyes were sunken in and beady. Oh, no. So you know what's probably happened is that the zoo animals probably interbred. (laughs) That's probably what happened, though. Because, like, a tiger's, oh, like, there's no other tiger in this forest. Ah. So I'm just going to have to fuck my baby. Like, that's, this is probably what happened. Like, one of the wolves did that or something. Like, and this creature was born. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. This is why you don't really see animals. I'm not sure I can't believe you're laughing at me that. about this. <laughs> okay, what's the more likely thing? Interbreeding among desperate animals or... Well, okay, all right. I believe in some creepy pastas. You know what? So maybe this was the rake. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it had a very long canine-like snout. It had. Oh wait, did I say that? Okay. I can't yeah, remember. you did. Where did I? Scary stop? animal. Okay. 
I don't know if it was snarling at me or if it had no lips, but you could clearly see all of its teeth and gums. Ew. Me and this creature were at a standstill for I don't know how long until it took a few steps back. It opened its mouth and the most strange sound came from it. I remember it being somewhere between a growl and a gurgling noise, followed by a wheezing sound like it was pushing the rest of the air out of its lungs. Oh no. After making that sound, it ran off a lot faster than I expected. Oh, yikes. Oh, my gosh. So you you definitely ran into something terrifying. Weird, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I was so focused on watching the creature go, I didn't notice my neighbor standing behind me. He grabbed my shoulder, which nearly sent me into cardiac arrest. (laughs) I turned to him and asked quietly, what was that? In the most serious tone I've ever heard this man speak in, he said only one word, chupacabra. Oh, shit. (laughs) I didn't sleep much that night and was up before anyone else the next morning, so I figured I'd go collect chicken eggs from my granny's chicken coop. Yeah. Usually most of the chickens are still asleep this early in the morning, but as I opened the door, all of the chickens ran out, even the rooster. I quickly found out why they left the coop in such a hurry. One of the chickens had been torn nearly to pieces. Oh, no. As I was looking at this horrific scene, I noticed that there was no blood on the ground, a small plot puddle of blood in its coop box but not nearly enough for an adult chicken Aww. the blood couldn't have disappeared into the floor because it's cement yeah i told my granny about both the chicken and the experience i had the night before and she chalked it up to a manged coyote that got into the coop yeah that doesn't sound like a coyote not really no not even like a, a messed up coyote like that's that doesn't sound like that's totally the chupacabra or interbreeding yeah one or the other <laughs> Uh, I don't know what I saw that night. It could have been just a diseased canine, but I've never seen a case of mange so severe that its ears and lips are completely gone. I can't say that what I saw wasn't a chupacabra, but I also can't prove that it was. Right. But I think that if I ever had this experience, I probably would have never gotten interested in mythical creatures and cryptids as much or listened to uh, Mother intensely about the supernatural and magic. What do y'all think? P.S. Uh, in your latest episode, episode 36, when you were trying to f- remember which magical creature ma- counted grains of salt and sugar, it's fairies. What? Really? It, it seems like it's a lot of things. Yeah. What is with all these, like, creatures And obviously they shit? believed witches initially. Yeah, they believed witches, but, like, and I thought it was, um, I thought it was something else, uh, something from Supernatural that was, like, a ghoul or something. And apparently fairies. Yeah. Uh, wow. Well, thank you for letting us know. Why does everything need to count so much? I don't Math know. Math sucks. So most fairies absolutely must count all grains of salt or sugar that they come across. I don't remember the reason why, but they have to do it. Oh, man. That would be a shit life. Yeah. I'm sorry, fairies. I don't think I would want to. I mean, that no, sounds boring. That sounds... I mean, it's going to happen a lot, too, especially when people leave out, like food for you that they maybe sprinkled stuff on you're just like oh i can't even eat this i have to count over a billion fragments for they're still counting by the time the food rots and they're like this happens to me all the time and i'm really really pissy about it i just wanted to eat like poor like, fairies yeah yeah this is a really good a really good story good to good to know i mean i'm really sad about that chicken though i know the poor thing and chupacabras and just go one chicken chickens. torn apart yeah, which is weird. They do go after chickens, though. Isn't that part of, like, the legend of the chupacabra is that they go after, like, goats and chickens? Yeah. Or that they look like a goat and go after chickens. They're, it's just weird. Wouldn't chickens it have involved. been eaten? Yeah, but, I Why mean, was it just torn apart? Well, I think that, okay, in some versions of the legend, they eat them. In some versions, they just do it to spite the, like, the chicken farmer. Oh. So they just murder them. Hmm. Yeah, scary. Yeah, it's creepy. That poor chicken. All right. I want to kiss the chicken goodbye. <laughs> yeah, it's too late. Okay, you get an extra. You get an extra kiss, a spiritual chicken kiss. Poor chicken. Goodbye, chicken. And <laughs> this thing makes me sad. So I had a request for Andrea yes. today, and she's going first because mine is far less of a bummer. So <laughs> mine's a major bummer. Yeah, and it was my request, so I'm responsible for this bummer. You are. This but is your it's fault. Cool. It's cool. Everybody, uh, you can email us at twoscaredsiblings at gmail.com address to Ren. Yeah, give me hate mail. <laughs> I will actually be excited to post that on Twitter. Hate mail would be hilarious. I like, know. I've, just, I've posted hate mail I've gotten before, and it's usually, how dare you insult Call of Duty? I'm not even kidding. Oh, dear. Yeah, that was, like, one guy condemned me to hell for, like, making a joke that, like, that, like guys like Call of Duty. That was the joke. That was the whole joke. Okay. He was very upset. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I, I like, actually <laughs> hate Call of Duty. 
Well, it's just not my style either, and, like, there is, like, a stereotype associated with it where, like, you know, like, straight teen males like to play it, and that's fine. All the ones I know do. Yeah, me too, and, like, that's fine. It's not really an insult to be like, you like a video game, haha. Also, straight adult males. Oh, yeah, pretty much everyone I know who's straight. Every guy I know, except for you, plays Call of Duty. Yeah, I'm I'm gay, so I'm yeah. too gay to play <laughs> Call of Duty. When I try to buy it, they're like, no... No. no. Show me <laughs> your girlfriend first. Banned. For, yeah. From gay guys. <laughs> They're like, you, you look suspiciously gay to buy Call of Duty, and I'm kind of like, suspiciously gay? I am openly <laughs> yeah. and flagrantly I'm gay. not hiding it. No. But yeah, no, like, that was the whole joke. It wasn't anything mean. It was just funny. But yeah, no, people, people take this very serious. They do not like being the subject of a mild joke. Yeah. I know. People who aren't it's used to strange. being the butt of the joke well, really can't do it. They like, can't handle it. Straight ma- men are not mm. used to being the butt of any joke. Exactly. So. They're not used to it. So, like, even if it's a really gentle joke, like, haha, you like a video game. They're like, they're like oh, how, how could dare you? you? <laughs> they just but have a heart attack. is it not true? I mean, exactly. To be like, I mean, I do, but still. Yeah, and it's like, it's funny it's just like if Let someone was like Haha, so I can you're yell gay you. see which means that you like breath of the wild i'd be like yeah <laughs> <laughs> like yeah it's true uh, like it's not an insult really it's just kind of like haha yeah yeah <laughs> like, i accept it yeah i know it's really funny but yeah no tell us about what i requested uh, of you i know it's right. a brutal one so i requested of andrea the toy box killer Sounds good, doesn't, doesn't it? Doesn't it sound wonderful? It sounds horrendous, and it is. It's bad. It's really bad. <laughs> so. It's an interesting one, but it's nasty. It's a guy named David Parker Ray. David Parker Ray. I think I accidentally, wait, is it David Parker Ray? Yeah, I was going to say. Um, I have, a, I already have a typo. Oh, no. Let me just look. That's typo number one, Andrea. You only get three strikes, and then you're, it's a guillotine for you, too. I have what? How'd that happen? I was so careful with my research. I was like, I am going to write this myself like an essay for university. It's David Parker Ray. David Parker Ray. But I accidentally left out the Ray, and I was like, don't they usually give these killers three names? And you capitalized murder. Include their middle name, so. Yeah, they do. And like, you included, you capitalized murdered, but not Parker. So I was like, David Parker. Murdered is his whole name. I think I might have That's accidentally deleted a whole line. Yeah. <laughs> well, whatever. It's not important. It's no, not it's important. Fine. What is important is, is that, that it's David Parker Ray. David Parker Ray did horrible things. He murdered as many as sixty people from Arizona and or in Arizona and New Mexico. I think. Oh my god, I did delete a whole line. Oh jeez. Okay, whatever. All right. We'll, I, we'll edit that part out. So he lived in Elephant Butte, mm-hmm. which also. Could be elephant butt in I New Mexico. I think it is, but is it? I mean, that's a shame. Well, that's how you spell butte. Yeah. So I think it's elephant butte in New Mexico, seven miles north of a place called Truth or Consequences. So I don't know. What? New Mexico. New Mexico. What are you doing? Truth or Consequences? Yeah, like the the names of their towns. Oh, that's hilarious. I like that. Oh, so I strange. like that. I would totally name one. It's like scary. Like, welcome to Truth consequences <laughs> it's like oh what do you mean by that new mexico new mexico is just like you'll find out yeah oh my god <laughs> creep uh, okay new mexico yeah. so he had a childhood as most of us do <laughs> and so he and his younger sister lived with a disciplinarian grandfather Ooh. and they would be visited occasionally like by their violent alcoholic father Great. who would give them sadomasochistic or well him, anyway, I don't know about his sister, but he would give him sadomasochistic porn magazines. Ew. He was bullied by his peers for his shyness with girls. Um, he developed fantasies of raping, torturing, and murdering women in his teen years. Well, his father did kind of train him for that. Yeah. Who does that? I don't know. I mean, you're trying to make a serial killer, clearly. Yeah, like, hey, here's what normal sex looks like. They give you, like, a horrific rape scene. Like, yeah. And then they're yeah, like, okay. find out when they're older that women actually aren't going to be down for that. Uh, yeah, no one's going to be down for that, yeah. Yeah. Um, so his sister found sadomasochistic drawings and porn photos of bondage. Right, so like BDSM stuff. Yeah. 
Which isn't as bad. It's at not all. as bad. It's, that's fine. The sadomasochistic a, drawings, though, I'm not sure. Well, it yeah, depends on the how raping extreme. Stuff. I mean, but if it's sadomasochistic, it could be pretty bad. Well, I mean, that's the thing, right? You have to consent to that. Otherwise, yeah. that's just violent rape. So he worked as an auto mechanic and he received an honorable discharge from the U.S. Army after. Weird. Um, basically, he. <sighs> He created this place called – he called it his toy box. Ooh. He performed sexual torture, whips, ch- whips, chains, pulleys, straps, clamps, <sighs> leg spreader bars, surgical blades, saws, a Ooh. mirror mounted to the ceiling so the victims could see. Themselves being torn apart and raped. Yeah. Oh, my God. And he had accomplices. Oh, um, yeah. It would basically be the women he was dating and his daughter and his daughter's boyfriend. Wow, so, like, he managed to convince a lot of people to be okay with that. He managed to convince family members to help him. Oh, my goodness. I know. So he used a soundproof trailer with sex toys, those torture devices, syringes, diagrams for pain, gynecologist, like, a gynecologist table to strap down his victims. He had wooden contraptions to bend them over and immobilize them while he had his (gasps) dogs or his friends rape them. Oh, my God. And he wanted them to see everything... That was being done to them, which is why Hence he had the, the mirror. mirror. Yeah. Um, some would survive, but would have no memory due to mind-altering drugs that he gave them. See, this is crazy. I know. I know. So March 19th, 1999, 22-year-old Cynthia Virgil, who was a sex worker working in the parking lot in Albuquerque, New Mexico, Ray approached her and said that he was an undercover cop and arrested her and put her in the back of his car. Oh, no. But he was not. No, actually, that's a really good point. <laughs> he was an undercover so sex serial workers, killer. Think about that. <laughs> undercover serial killer. Yikes. Yes, actually, that's a really good point for any sex workers out there. Be careful. Ask for their badge. So he brought her to his trailer. He changed her to the gynecologist table in the center and raped and tortured her for three days with the help of his girlfriend, Cindy Hendy. Wow, fuck you, guys. He used whips, medical instruments, electric shock, and sexual instruments to torture her. But before the torture, Ray would play a cassette tape with a recording that would detail what would happen to them. (laughs) So, and, okay. Wow, what? So, I'm, there's, I did take a chunk of it to read, just to give you, like, a feel of what it is. But it, if I had actually, like, copied and pasted the whole thing, it would be ten pages long. Oh, wow. I don't know how this guy ever found the time to finally actually do any of the torture. Because well, he spent his time, didn't he? Like, he would have to leave them with this recording probably for at least an hour. It yeah. was long. It was so long. I started copying and pasting them like, oh, my God, there's another page and another page. Basically, his fantasies were really, really in-depth. That's really strange. All right, I know. so what does the sample go like? Okay, so it starts... Hello there, bitch. Are you comfortable right now? I doubt it. Wrists and ankles chained, gagged, probably blindfolded. You are disoriented and scared, too, I would imagine. Perfectly normal under the circumstances. For a little while, at least, you need to get your shit together and listen to this tape. It is very relevant to your situation. I'm going to tell you in detail why you have been kidnapped, what's going to happen to you, and how long you'll be here. I don't know the details of your capture because this tape is being created July 23rd, 1993 as a general advisory tape for future, for future female captives. What? The information I'm going to give you is based on my experience dealing with captives over a period of several years. If, at a future date, there are any major changes in our procedures, the tape will be upgraded. Now, you are obviously here against your will, totally helpless, don't know where you're at, don't know what's going to happen to you. You're very scared or very pissed off. I'm sure that you've already tried to get your wrists and ankles loose and know you can't. Now you're just waiting to see what's going to happen next. You probably think you're going to be raped and you're fucking sure right about that. What all this amounts to is that you're going to be kept naked and chained up like an animal to be used and abused anytime we want to, any way that we want to. You're here and we're going to make the most of it. You're going to be kept in a hidden slave room. What the And it goes fuck? on and on and on. And like he adds details that I don't know. Oh. I'm pretty sure they didn't even need to know. No. Like the fact that if at a future date he needs to change, if he needs to change his procedures, he'll change the tape. Like, oh, really? He wow. Just, he's so narcissistic so he just, he, that he yeah. just goes off and off and like. Like informs them of every single thing, which is must be part of the fantasy is them knowing exactly how much like torture they're going to go through. 
Yeah, but oh also kind of like showcasing women. how organized he is. Yeah, like bragging. But he also like seemed to recognize that they have human feelings, which is the scary part. I know, he, he acknowledges like, it. Yeah, like the pissed off part, like a lot of people are. A lot of people are scared when they're pissed off. I'm one of those people. I get really pissed off when I'm scared. Mm-hmm. Um, and like... That's a very human emotion. So, like, he knew about their humanity and was able to do this anyway. Yeah. What the fuck? So, it goes on forever. Uh, He talks about how he's going to keep them starved and weak for the first, like, little while, but they'll get used to it as their stomachs shrink. Ugh. He says, we don't go out of our way to brutalize a girl. If you don't give us any trouble, we won't do any more to your body than is necessary to satisfy our sexual needs. Uh I'm sure that you want to survive this experience, and I want you to also. But you are expendable, and it's no big deal to go out and snatch a replacement. It may sound harsh and cold, but if you give us too much trouble or if you pose any kind of a threat to us, I won't have any qualms at all about slicing your throat. Like I said before, I don't like killing the girls that we bring here, but occasionally things happen. Occasionally? Sounds like it happened a whole lot. I know. Uh, So he said he, uh, like he would, basically he liked to put on a show involving a very large German shepherd. And he said that in the recording. Ew. Um, In the recording he also details how he will stick needles into their breasts and through their nipples. And he'll use clamps on body parts. Then he, in the recording, he tells them that he needs to know about medical conditions and medications that they're taking. Yeah, because he's going to give them, like, drugs and shit. Yeah, and, you know, he wants to keep them alive as long as possible so that he can keep using... So if they have so asthma, he he'll give them their this. asthma medication sort of thing, right? Oh, my God. Um, And he used a whip and electroshock as punishment. Ugh. So back to Cynthia. On the third day, while Ray was at work... Uh, Cindy Hendy, Ray's girlfriend, left the keys to Cynthia's restraints on a table nearby. So Cynthia lunged for the keys and freed her hands. Hendy tried to stop her, but Cynthia stabbed her in the neck with an ice pick. Good. Yeah. Go Cynthia. I know. She's a... She's... Yeah. She's a a rock star. Yeah, basically. That's fucked up. So then she ran out naked, wearing only a slave collar and padlocked chains and knocked on the door of a nearby mobile home. The owner brought her in and called the cops and the cops came and arrested Ray and Hendy. Thank goodness. Back to Ray. Ooh. They think he began his killing spree sometime in the mid-50s. Another woman came forward due to the publicity of this whole thing coming out with Cynthia. Um, So her name was Angelica Montano and she was an acquaintance of Ray's. She actually visited his house to borrow some cake mix and then he drugged and raped her and tortured her and then left her by the highway out in the desert. And she was found by cops, but there was no follow-up on her case. That's ridiculous. There's yeah. no follow-up on that? I know. She was drugged and raped and tortured and left by the side of the road to die. And like, they're just like, And That's they're just good. like, oh, well, we don't know who did it, so I'm wet by. Like, okay. Pretty much. Uh, He would use sodium pentothal and phenobarbital, which would induce amnesia and memory loss. Yep. So Hendy folded and told what she knew. And then her, uh, his daughter's boyfriend, Dennis Roy Yancey, also admitted to participating in the murder of a woman named Marie Parker, who was abducted, drugged, and tortured for days by Ray and... And his daughter before Ugh. Yancey strangled her to death in 1997. I can't believe that this his daughter like he must have raised her similarly to how he was raised. Cycles of abuse and all. Yeah. So in the trailer, police also found a videotape from 1996 of a terrified woman being raped and tortured by Ray and his oh, girlfriend. Uh, so they released some details about the woman in the video to try to identify her. And she was identified by her ex-mother-in-law as Kelly oh. Garrett, who was a former friend of Ray's daughter. Oh, wow. So, July 24th, <sighs> 1996, Kelly, after getting into a fight with her then-husband, decided to spend the night playing pool with Jessie, who was Ray's daughter. Who yeah, participated who she thought in was these. a friend. Yeah, and she participated in this. Yep. Um, so Jessie roofied her beer, and then Jessie and her father put a dog collar and leash on Kelly and brought her to the trailer. Oh, no. They raped and tortured her for two days, keeping her on drugs the whole time. Oh. Ray slit her throat and dumped her on the side of the road, but Kelly survived. 
But wow. no one, including her husband and, co- and the cops, believed her. What? Her husband thought she had cheated on him that night, and he filed for divorce that year. And <laughs> What? Yeah. Where did they think the slit throat and the torture marks and the rape came from? Herself? I don't know. <laughs> like, That's the thing. I don't wow. know. Um, oh, she that. had a limited recollection, but she remembered being raped by the toy box killer. Yeah. Right. So, drugs made it difficult for her testimony to be accepted, unfortunately. Right. Uh, yeah, so... So, um, yeah. so he was actually able to beat two of the cases against him, but he was ultimately sentenced to 224 years for numerous offenses. So, Because, oh, I mean, like, he did a ton of shit. So even if he, he wasn't... Did a bunch. Even if he wasn't gotten for murder or attempted murder, there were, like, several things that he was. Yeah, exactly. Like, so, kidnapping, drugging, yeah. Jesse, the daughter, got nine years, and Hendy, the girlfriend, got 36 years. Ray died of a heart attack on May 28, 2002, which was three years into his sentence, which I think is him getting off easy. Me too. Uh, They found evidence of several more killings and diaries written by Ray where he detailed the murders of at least 50 other women. Oh, no. Uh, Hendy and Yancey identified areas of disposal, but they found no human remains in these locations, so they obviously weren't accurate. Yeah. As long as they keep getting leads, though, they say, they will keep investigating, um, said FBI spokesman Frank Fisher in 2011. Which they should, just because, you know, the victims' families deserve that. Like, I know he's sentenced, like, a bajillion years and he's already dead, but, like... Yeah, they typically do keep investigating, though. Yeah, like, they want to get all the facts that they can and give that to the families of these poor women. Yeah, just so they know what (sighs) happened. Because if there's all these women that have disappeared and their families don't know what happened, they will try to at least figure out what happened to them. Yeah, exactly. At least, like, finish the case and not just be like, oh, well, he's dead now, whatever. Yeah. But, like, yeah. Ugh, that's a brutal one. That one's crazy, too, hey? I know. I know, because I only (laughs) saw, like, a little summary of it, and I was like, the toy box murder. Mm -hmm. And I read the summary, and I was like, oh, my God. And I've read about it, but I couldn't couldn't remember um like i didn't remember that was what he was called no right and there's another one called the toolbox murder which is similar but not the same person so i was like Mm -hmm. yeah no that's oh my god that's fucked i know well luckily uh, you've got something i've got something a lot lighter i am gonna talk about some really sweet horror video games are you excited you should be they're fun (laughs) Um, and these are I requested some of the video games but this was a request from a listener yes this was a request from a listener just to do like video game horror like scary video games yeah to tell people about the scary video games but then I suggested specific video games yeah you suggested a couple and I covered those and I also did some extras obviously like I wrote about five but um okay let's get to work hello hello let's get to work yes you don't have to say hello (laughs) No, I That's know. That's not be a break for them. I know. Okay. All, All right. right. So, I mean, I, <laughs> as promised, have sinister video games I'm for you. I'm excited because they're the one I, like, yeah, one of the, the ones that ones... I requested, the Phantasmagoria. Yes, Phantasmagoria. I'm sorry, I'm giving it cover. away, but I really want to hear it. Oh, no, it's fine. It's the first one. So. I played it when I was, like, 10. Yeah. At, like, our godfather's house. Yeah. Italian godfather. We do have an Italian godfather. We do. That has never occurred to me that he's Italian. And it a didn't godfather. occur to me until I was in my twenties and I was like, hey, wait a hey, minute. Hey, we have an Italian godfather. And his like his parents and uncle who like give the like have like their fully yeah. full Italian accents, not actually like Oh yeah, no, I, I've heard that. And yeah. they s- kiss They kiss both cheeks and they like and try to feed you. What? It is. No, but it's they like do a full dance smooch. Yeah. And they do like. I don't know. They you. were awesome. I, when I was a kid and visiting, and I knew they were going to be there and knew they were going to do that because mom warned me, mm-hmm. I was like 10 or something at the time. Yeah. I, I, I went out of my way to eat a ton in front of me just on my own accord. Yeah. So that they wouldn't know and so that they wouldn't do it. So the you, result's you the what? same. I went out of my way to eat a bunch. Like, I just kept going back for more and more yeah. and more food because I was like, they're going to try to feed me if I don't. So wow. I was just being rebellious. And I was like, well, I'm going to eat more than they ever dreamed of. And That's I did. And they, they were, like, approving. They never actually force-fed me. No, they don't force-feed you. They're not going to, like, shove it. No, but I mean, like, they never actually – they 
they encourage like a lot of eating, but they never like uh, really I pushed mean, it very hard. They pushed it before with mom, I think. But like, Probably. um, yeah. So that's why she warned me. I hadn't experienced it because I beat them at their <laughs> own game. Yeah. And I was like ten, so I didn't gain weight at all. Like I just, it wasn't possible. So I didn't yeah. Care. So you could just eat. Um. So yeah. yeah. So Phantasmagoria used to play though, like at their house. Yeah, at their house. But the the adults took away one of the discs because it was like a seven There's disc sex game. In it. There was sex on, like, disc six or something. There's actually a, like, there's a nasty sex scene. You probably would yeah. not have actually wanted to see that as a kid. And I'm going to yeah. tell you all about it. Okay, so tell us all about the video games. Yeah, so this is uh, not a totally full, like, comprehensive list of terrifying horror games because there are so many awesome horror games out there, right? But these are the few that stood out to me and the couple that Andrew requested. And we'll hopefully encourage you to check them out in other horror games. So some are actually available for free. Or for like $8 or something. Yeah, Phantasmagoria is. Well, Phantasmagoria is like from 95. Yeah, but you can play it on your computer now. Like your new computers. And it's like eight bucks. Yeah. Yeah, it would be cheap. Yeah, so like even the older ones from the 90s. And I was surprised to see that. So it's pretty swell when you should buy them. So I'm. Because you didn't want to do like the new ones like Outlast and. No. Blood, like Bloodborne was good, but. Yeah, I didn't want to do... Everybody knows about these those ones. Yeah, and there's a couple in here that some people know about, but, like, I wanted to do mainly ones that weren't, like you said, yeah, like... Yeah, kind of, like, more you know, obscure. everyone knows about Bloodborne, like... Everybody knows about the current ones. Yeah, everyone knows Bloodborne and, like, Amity... Yeah, a lot of them. Yeah. And they're, they're good. And, like, they're Resident really good. Evil is... Oh, gosh. Everybody, everybody knows about that I actually kind of... Okay, I'm going to make enemies here, but I kind of fucking hate Resident Evil, the games... I've never. I don't like them. the movies that much either, but I mean the first one was okay. Mm-hmm. The games, okay. To be fair, I only played like the fourth one. Yeah. And the fourth one's bad. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I don't care what anyone says. I don't. I've whatever. never even seen it played, so I don't even know what the gameplay is like at all. Come at me. I've only seen the movies. Yeah. <laughs> there are people out here who will like die hard over it, and they're gonna be like. I'm not even listening to the rest of this podcast. It's I'm fine. so insulted. They can keep gasping. Yeah, please keep we'll gasping. Just move on I like with our it. Lives. <laughs> yeah, so uh, it's yeah. So now I'm going to tell you about some horrific and often mysterious video games. Okay. Yeah, so Phantasmagoria. Let's start with the classic. Yay! Yeah, and my favorite. Saved. Phantasmagoria is a point-and-click adventure horror uh, video game designed by Roberta Williams for MS DOS, which yeah. is an old thing. Maybe I I don't know what that it's is. It's a it's a running thing. Um, MS DOS. You know, MS-DOS. You know, mm. like Windows and... I guess. and uh, But then it says, and Microsoft Windows. Yeah, it, but it's, that's what it means. Like, it's like okay. a running system. Oh, I get that. And yeah. re- it was released by uh, Sierra Online, which I have heard of, on August 24th, 1995, a fateful day. It tells <laughs> the story of Adrian Delaney, played by Victoria Morsell, like the voice actor, mm-hmm. um... A writer who moves into a remote mansion and finds herself terrorized by supernatural forces. It was made of the at the peak of popularity for interactive movie games and features live-action actors and footage, both during cinematic scenes and within the three-dimensionally rendered environments of the game itself. So it was noted for its violence and sexual content. Yeah. So this is where your experience plays into there. Yeah. I remember being scared by the guy on the VHS tape. Because that's the part Andrea had, like, lying around and tiny child knees stumbled upon it. Oh, no, that's not it. this game. That's not this Oh, game. that's a different one? That's it's, Nightmare. Oh, my God. Oh, no. That's a scary one, too. So, Williams had long planned to design a horror game, but she waited eight years for software technology to improve before doing so. It took more than two years to develop and four months to film. The game was originally budgeted for 800000 but it ultimately ultimately cost $4.5 million to develop and was filmed in a $1.5 million studio that Sierra built specifically for the game. That's cool. Yeah, it's crazy, hey? There's plastic wrap in my hand. <laughs> a professional Hollywood special effects house worked on the game, and the musical score includes a neo-Gregorian chant performed by a 135-voice choir. Sierra stressed that it was intended for adult audiences, and the company willingly submitted it to a rating system and included a password-protected censoring option within the game to tone down the graphic content, which is a bummer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
if you're a child like me who loves horror. Though it became one of the best-selling games in 1995, there was controversy surrounding it due to the involvement of a rape scene. Mm-hmm. So be careful that like about that if you check it out. So that's probably the scene they didn't want you to see. Yeah. And that's fair. Um, CompUSA and other retailers refused to carry it, and religious organizations and politicians condemned it. And it was refused classification altogether in Australia. Okay. So let's get to the good stuff. I'm getting there. I just, <laughs> I'm just trying to build up the, the interest part. Like, like, this is a fucking million dollar game that's like from the 90s. So, successful mystery novel uh, novelist Adrian Delaney and her photographer husband Don Gordon have just purchased a remote mansion off the coast of a small New England island previously owned by a famous 19th century magician, Zoltan. Uh, Carno, Carnivash. Okay. So they weren't hiding their their yanking of these tropes. <laughs> and he's played by Robert Miano, whose okay. five wives all died mysteriously. Adrian hopes to find an inspiration for her next novel in her new home, but starts having nightmares immediately upon moving in. She is comforted by the loving and supportive Dawn. That changes. Adrian explores the estate, making mysterious discoveries like strange music, warnings written on her computer, and ominous messages from a fortune teller automaton. Probably okay. Zoltan. <laughs> Unbeknownst to the happy couple, Carno had practiced black magic when he lived in the mansion and had summoned an evil demon that possessed him and caused him to murder his wives. Huh. I like it. While the local townspeople uh, believed all Carno's wives died of natural causes or accidentally, Adrian learns through a series of visions that he murdered them in grotesque ways, including, and I don't want to spoil much here, but I want to include this one, uh, one of the wives is murdered by being force-fed animal entrails through a funnel until she, like, suffocates or her stomach just kind of something explodes her. <laughs> yeah, because she's like a fan of food. She's yeah. like a connoisseur of food. Oh, okay. So this is how he murders her. Yeah, force-fed animal entrails. Delicious. So okay. that's one. Yeah, because I, I don't want to spoil these games, but I do want to hype you for them. You should mm-hmm. check them out. All right, so that one's available online for like free. Go 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 buy it. <laughs> um, My second game, American McGee's Alice, the first one, um, American Mickey's Alice is a third-person psychological horror action-adventure platform video game with what feels like an open-world game, to be honest. It's, it's fun that way. That was released for PC on December 6, 2000. The game, developed by Rogue Entertainment and published by Electronic Arts, is an unofficial sequel to Lewis Carroll's classic Alice in Wonderland novels. It was designed by American McGee and features music composed by Chris Vrenna, and the music is absolutely amazing. I still listen to the soundtrack of both this game and its own sequel, Madness Returns, in the bathtub with candlelight. (laughs) Since the release of its sequel, Madness Returns, you can buy both games in a bundle in the PS3 store. The game's setting presents a more macabre rendition of Wonderland than in Lewis Carroll's original, like, original portrayal. Wonderland, being a creation of Alice's mind, has been corrupted. Alice's primary objective is to save Wonderland, and in doing so, save herself. Shortly after Through the Looking Glass and What Alice Found There, at the age of seven, Alice Little witnessed the death of her family in an accidental fire that destroyed her home and killed both her parents, who were trapped and burned alive. Suffering from survivor's guilt, Alice lost her her grasp on a reality and was ultimately sent to Rutledge Asylum, where she is observed and treated by Dr. Hieronymus Wilson for her catatonia. Alice's only possession in Rutledge is a stuffed rabbit. Ten years after Alice was committed, she finds herself sucked back into a wonderland that has been twisted. It's beautiful. And though the controls can be really fucking annoying on the PS3, as Andrea and I well know, it's always fun and always worth it. The first game has this, like, unabashed, horrific air to it, whereas Madness Returns can be a bit sneakier about it. Mm -hmm. And I fully recommend playing this first game and then its sequel. They're vastly underrated and and contain some of the most grotesque, sometimes poignantly sad visuals of any horror game I've played. Yeah, that one's awesome. 
Yeah, like I like the Alex. I like the Madness Returns one better. It's just me it's newer. too because they fix the controls and stuff. But like the first one was for PC, so mm-hmm. yeah, no, they really they did a lot with it. But you should totally play the first one first. Yeah, because it's <laughs> it's sequential. Yeah, it's somewhat sequential. Although you can play Madness Returns on its own. But yeah, I recommend the first one. So my next one. This was another Andrea request. Yay. The Dagger <laughs> of Amon Ra. So, The Dagger of Amon Ra. Roberta Williams, Laura Bow in The Dagger of Amon Ra, also known as Laura Bow 2, <laughs> is a computer game published by Sierra Online again in 1992. The game is the second and final installment of the Laura Bow Mysteries line of adventure games, the first of which was The Colonel's Bequest. It uses 8-bit color and like a point-and-click interface. That's the kind of game it is. The CD-ROM version included actual voice acting, which is probably really rare for 1992. It uses, um, yeah, the Laura Bow games were distinctive in that they required some actual logical detective work on part that. of the player. I played that at yeah. our Italian godfather's house, too. That's why I request these. <laughs> as you do. Yeah, as you do. Uh, yeah, like, you actually had to do detective work. Uh, yeah. For the most part, though, the puzzles were of the typical variety of inventory and environment interaction and frequent often unexpected player character death found in most Sierra adventures. The game is set in 1926, primarily in a museum, and reflects the Egyptology craze of the period. The protagonist is Laura Bow, a reference to Clara Bow, a southern belle who has just graduated from Tulane University and moved to New York City, where she has landed a job at a prestigious newspaper. For her first assignment, she is asked to write a straightforward, lightweight story on a benefit held at a local museum to celebrate their new Egyptian exhibit. When a murder occurs during the party, however, she is locked inside with all the other suspects. As other guests begin dying, one by one, Laura must solve the the numerous crimes occurring before the culprits escape or kill her. Yeah, I remember that. I remember being eaten by ants. Oh, gross. You open a chest and it was flesh-eating ants and they just swarm you. Oh, of course. So you're not supposed to open that chest in the game. Right? And that's actually very Bloodborne of them to do. Yeah. Or Dark Souls, rather. I'm like, this chest will fucking Kill murder you. you. Yeah. yeah. So, fun fact about uh, the dagger of Amun-Ra. The identity of the murderer is not automatically revealed at the end of the game. Instead, the player is asked a series of questions, ostensibly by the police, to prove that Laura has solved the crimes and discovered the secrets of the other suspects. If the questions are answered incorrectly, the coroner will give a hint to point the player towards the path that would have revealed the correct answer in subsequent playing of the games. What? Mm-hmm. The ending of the game can change depending on the answers given to the questions, most notably in that Laura can be killed if the player doesn't know the identity of the main murderer. Weird. Okay. Yeah, yeah I never so made it don't... to the end. Sal and I looked Next it up. Your baby. You're a baby. Yeah, well, Sal time. and I looked up... Um just a walkthrough but we didn't get through the whole thing in one afternoon obviously so yeah it's like seven cd roms or something that's like a lot yeah and also long. they had to like skip the the rape we were scene. at it for hours but yeah it's cool no, that he not the rape scene. is there a rape scene in this one too oh no 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 no, no. never mind okay uh, i was thinking I about the other one i think this one has seven seven cd roms and obviously the other one has the rape scene yeah i'm losing yeah. my mind because i am like beyond tired <laughs> but you love me anyway so This is one that a lot of people have heard of, this next one, Doki Doki Literature Club. And Doki Doki is like heartbeat. Like that's like, instead of thump thump in Japan, it's Doki Doki. Okay. Yep. So from the website, uh, you can download this game for free from Doki Doki Literature Club asks the question, will you write your way into her heart? Here's a little letter from the leader of the literature club herself. Hi, Monica here. Welcome to the Literature Club. It's always been a dream of mine to make something special out of the things I love. Now that you're a club member, you can help me make that dream come true in this cute game. Every day is full of chit-chat and fun activities with all of my adorable and unique club members. Sayori, the youthful bundle of sunshine who values happiness the most. Natsuki, the deceivingly cute girl who packs an assertive punch. Yuri, the timid and mysterious one who finds comfort in the world of books. And, of course, Monica, the leader of the club. That's me. I'm super excited for you to make friends with everyone and help the literature club become a more intimate place for all of my members. But I can tell already that you're a sweetheart. 
Will you promise to spend the most time with me? Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, Monica is complicated and also my best girl. I love her. But that is not exactly apparent as you make your way through this game. The game positions itself as a typical anime dating sim. Cute, generic anime girls with pink hair and all. But there are several twists that will actually, like, genuinely stick with you. I still have an image of one of those twists in particular, like, stuck in my brain when I'm, like, alone and steeped in sadness and fear at night. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's actually brutal. It comes okay. out fucking nowhere, and you're like, oh, God. But the game was um, initially distributed through itch.io and later became available on Steam. You can still get it in either place and it's free. The story follows a male high school student who joins the school's literature club and interacts with the club's four female members. The game features a mostly linear story with some alternative scenes and endings depending on the choices the player makes. While the game appears at first to be a lighthearted dating simulator, it is in fact a metafictional psychological horror game that extensively breaks the fourth wall. I like that. Like this game will like kill you through your computer. Um, <laughs> let's just reach out there and smack you. <laughs> but the game was developed in an estimated two-year period by a team led by Dan Salvato known previously for his modding work for Super Smash Bros. Melee. According to Salvato, the inspiration for the game came from his mixed feelings toward anime, and a fascination for surreal and unsettling experiences. Upon its release, Doki Doki Literature Club received positive critical attention for its successful use of horror elements and unconventional nature... within the visual novel genre. <laughs> And friends, okay, the fourth wall certainly breaks. It breaks really hard. This game is like an unending stream of what, like, parasocial relationships can become. Like, what they feel like from the perspective of the subject of that relationship. Meaning you, the, the player, not even the guy you're playing as, but you, become the object and subject simultaneously. The girls you love become the girls that love you, with absolutely gruesome results. There is hope through various cheats, as your computer will actually be affected by this game as you play it. And I am, like, personally still working on the complicated ways of trying to save all the girls. Um, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, make of that what you will, but it's apparently possible, yay! Um, their fates are something I can't fully describe, so definitely play this one. It's a literature club, what could happen? I know, it gets crazy. Okay, there's a point where, like, real eyes... Yeah. Okay, so it's anime, right? Right? And then, like, there's a point I dated a girl whose eyes changed to something, like, to real eyes, and they were moving, and she suddenly just, like, gets close and breathes at you. And I was out on the balcony, like, like, playing this, having a smoke, and I was mm -hmm. like, oh my god! And, like, I almost died, because it's really, like, scary and real. Oh. And it just happens. You don't know when this shit's gonna happen, and it's, like, nasty and very fourth wall breaky. Okay. Yeah. I want to play that now. You should. I've been trying to convince you to play it forever. I know, but we don't have it, so. I do, actually. It's on my oh, computer. Oh, you have it. Oh, yeah, okay. so oh you right, should just it's borrow a computer it. one, right. Yeah, it's a computer one. You should just borrow it sometime. Or, like, log on to my Steam on the computer you get, mm -hmm. and then you can play it. Yeah. Okay. All right, so last but not least, Detention. Detention, the Chinese title literally translating to Returning to School, is a survival horror adventure game created and developed by Taiwanese game developer Red Candle Games for Steam. It is a 2D atmospheric horror side-scroller set in the 1960s Taiwan under martial law. This game also incorporates uh, religious elements based on Taiwanese culture and mythology. The game was released on January 13th, 2017, and I just bought this game on Steam, and you should too, and I have no idea what I'm in for just yet, <laughs> even from my research here. There's been a lot of nastiness related to their second game, Devotion, being removed from Steam for a very blatant critique of the current Chinese president. For more on that, I like absolutely recommend watching Super Eyepatch Wolf's YouTube video, also called Devotion. He goes into the history of behind like what happened with that game and all the wild fuckery attached to it. And he's great. His videos are all fantastic, so... Go check that out. Um, the first game, though, the one that's still available and that I'm discussing here, Detention, is a critique of the oppression of Taiwan in and of itself rendered beautifully. It's absolutely gorgeous, and the 2D aspect, aspect of it is shown as though you're living in a dusty photo, trapped under a regime where fear is shown perfectly through the use of eyes. 
the fear of being watched at all times, and the fear of you or your loved ones suddenly vanishing. Okay. You're saying the wrong thing, basically. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Just people just disappear. So the concept of the game originates with the Red Candle Games co-founder Shun Qingyao. In February 2017, a novel based on the game was published by novelist uh, Ling Jing. As stated, the game is set in 1960s Taiwan of the White Terror period, and students Wei and Ray find themselves trapped and vulnerable in Greenwood High School, which is located in a remote mountainous area. The place they once knew has changed in unsettling ways, haunted by evil creatures known as the Lingered. While hiding from the rampaging monsters, the protagonists unveil mysteries which slowly reveal the dark past of the cursed school. To begin with, during the uh, White Terror period in Taiwan, as it's nicknamed, uh, Wei Chengting falls asleep in class as Instructor Bai arrives to interrogate a teacher, Miss Yin Tsui Han, about a certain book list. He later awakens to find the campus deserted due to an incoming typhoon, and he leaves, but encounters a sleeping senior student, uh, Fang Ri Shin, so that's Ray, while passing through the auditorium. With the bridge exit um, flooded by the river, they decide to wait out the storm in Wei's classroom. Wei decides to look for a phone, and the game shifts to Ray waking up in the auditorium again, this time in a nightmarish version of the school, with Wei's corpse hanging upside down from the stage ceiling. Ray wanders the rest of the school, avoiding a variety of horrifying and chilling ghosts, solving puzzles and finding clues, and Ray's story is slowly pieced together. Oh, so, that sounds good. Yeah, I'm excited to go on this, like, illuminating, horrific, and tragic journey. Yeah. <laughs> like, to everyone who's into horror, be sure to support Red Candle Games, people. Yes. Yay! Yeah, so that's, that's, good. that's what I got. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, these are games, and I have that one too, so that's another one that you can Yeah, that you can play. Yay! Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Doki Doki and that one, you've got you've got so many options. Yes. I've been I giving like it to my games. boyfriend too, because, you know, fuck companies and capitalism. Everyone can play. <laughs> Everyone can have my account. But, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I spread my Netflix and my Amazon <clears throat> Prime around like crazy, so. Oh, and by that we mean we never do that. Never, and ever. respect companies and by totally all these, I do meant these things. Never. Yeah, no, totally. And by, like, crazy, I meant, like, never. And it's totally, like, funny that, like, you can't prove that we didn't say that. So, <laughs> so anyway, yeah, okay, no. So. Um, you should email us at twoscaredsiblings at gmail.com, your own horrific stories. Thank you, Aswin, for sending one in. We really appreciate it, and it was alarming. It was. I believe in the chupacabra now, and also in animals who shouldn't have been released I have from a the good zoo. one for next week, too, but... Oh, I'm saving sweet. it. I already yeah. selected an email for next week. So yeah, and you gave me. Did you give me a request? Okay, so I can't remember what what's going on. No, I, no, we don't have any requests for next week. We can just do we, we unless we get requests. Like yeah, in the so next send in your requests if yeah, you want. Otherwise, we'll just we'll just go crazy. <laughs> but you yeah. should send us your emails because Andrea's got a good one for next time, and if you know, we'll always read them. Yeah, we'll always get to them. So even if you don't hear it uh, right away, we will. Yeah, and you should join our Patreon. Yes, um, if, go to our Patreon. The, yeah, our Patreon is, you know, patreon.com slash siblings. But um, if you get a, if you do the $1 tier, you get a special vocal shout out on an episode. And then you also get, like, special shout outs at the, like, in the summary of in each episode. In the yeah. Yeah, and if you do a $5 tier, you get all that. But also, also, you get bonus videos at the end of each month, which we yes. have a cool theme for. Basically, it's like horrible shit that happened that month. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we release we release it on the last Sunday of each month, so yeah. Then you know when to it'll come. You up. know but when yeah. it'll come up. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. So our Patreon is patreon.com/slash Too Scared Siblings. Our Twitter is at Too Scared Sibs. Our yeah. Instagram <laughs> and Facebook are Too Scared Siblings. We're pretty much two scared siblings everywhere except, except for Twitter. For Twitter yeah, Twitter and its like character Short. limits. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, hey, sound bites certainly will never come across as like bad communication. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Tweeter. <laughs> Thanks, Tweeter. Since Andrea would say it. I'm releasing Did a tweet. Did you release a tweet? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All, right, All right. So thanks for listening and check out our Patreon and like see if you'll, you know, be interested. We, we need money. 
Yeah. As you know, we're still working on that. Um, yeah, so let's end for one-time donations. I have a coffee that's at Toy Carousels, and our personal Twitter is, mine is at Toy Carousels. And mine and is and at Andrea Noel 3. Yeah, you'll, you'll see us. All right, so we love you, and now you get a kiss. Mwah. Mwah. That was a big kiss. I know. <laughs> they got a bonus kiss. Because <laughs> I'm a lonely man. <laughs>